Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality they make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. Last week we released our 50th Wartime Diary. This week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating Wartime Diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained, So if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. Okay, it is November 20th, 2017. I am in Talpiot, walking to record the Friedman children. Here we are. Hey guys! Hey! Hello, hello, it's Mishi. So today's Giving Tuesday, the day that's sort of emerging as an international donation day. And your inboxes are probably flooded with appeals from every possible organization, institution, and initiative telling you how much they need your help. Well, guess what? We need your help. That's the truth. You know, when we began our show, about four years ago, we used to say we were going to be the Israeli This American Life. I totally remember. I, I, said, I said to you, like, oh, are you the Israelis who are ripping off our show? <laughs> I had heard about you. And is that how you felt, that we were the Israelis that were ripping off your show? Well, it isn't a question of how I feel. That's just a statement of fact. You are the Israelis <laughs> who are ripping off our show. A ton has happened since those early days. 
Israel Story has grown in every possible way, found its own voice, and, and this is the best part of this whole job, we have hundreds of thousands of listeners around the world who download our episodes. According to our analytics, there are folks in 187 countries who regularly listen to the show, including people in Iran, Iraq, and Papua New Guinea. By the way, Iranian Israel Story listeners, we want to hear from you. Drop us a line. But for this listener drive, we decided to try something new. It isn't a standard episode, with stories and narrative arcs and dramatic tension. Instead, we went to talk to some very special listeners. Our youngest and oldest number one fans. Amazingly, with all the listeners spread out across the globe, these fans live just a few minutes away from each other. In Jerusalem, the city where our show is born. And like the show itself, they are mini-Israel stories. Regular people you wouldn't otherwise meet who make up this crazy human tapestry called Israel. So let's meet them, beginning with the younger generation, the Freedmans. Hi, I'm Aviv. I'm uh, 10 years old. I listen to Sipur Israeli since I'm 7. I'm Michael Friedman. I am 10 years old also. I've been listening to Israel Story, I think, for three years. Okay, Tamar, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, I could. I'm Tamar Friedman, and I'm six years old. And I listen from when I was, I don't know, but when the voice started to listen, I also. <laughs> so you were like three? Something like that. Wait, Tamar, are you already in first grade? Yeah. Wow. But okay, I'm bored. Seriously. You're bored? Yeah. How come? Because I know everything. What do you know? All of the letters that they teach us. In Hebrew and in English? In Hebrew and I know also in English. A bit. Not so much. The Friedman twins and their little sister Tamal started listening to the show because their dad, Mati, produced a story about the Aleppo Codex for one of our earliest episodes. And did you guys like your dad's story on the show? Not really. No. <laughs> but luckily for us, despite their lukewarm reaction to their dad's piece, they were hooked. Tell me why you guys like Israel's story. It's really interesting. Yeah, I also, it's interesting, it's something to think about. And where do you guys listen? In car rides, in really long car rides. So, wait, so describe these rides. What's happening? You guys are all in the car, the whole family? Yes. And then what happens? Someone puts Israel Story on the radio? Somebody starts asking, like, gently, like, can I, can I, can I? And then somebody just starts screaming, can we hear Sipu Israeli? Then we just put it on. And nobody but talks anymore. Yesterday we were coming back from our grandparents and we heard the Balfour one. Yeah, that was cool. I asked Tamar if she had any ideas for a theme for an upcoming episode. She thought about it for a sec, and then said... <laughs> people? An episode about people? Yeah. All kinds of people. Well, that's good, because almost all of our episodes are about people. <laughs> Do you have anything that you want to tell Israel Story listeners all over the world? From Australia, to America, to South Canada. Africa, to Canada? I want to tell something to Toronto, because... My dad is from Toronto. So what do you want to say to people from Toronto? That it snows a lot, a lot, a lot in there. That it snows a lot there? Yeah. No, I want that it won't snow a lot there. Oh, you want it to snow a lot in Toronto? Yeah, I want it to snow here a lot. 
also. So should some of the people, some of the Israel Story listeners from Toronto, send over their snow to Jerusalem? And, and throw it from the sky. <laughs> How much would you like? Tons. Okay, so Israel Story listeners in Toronto, you have now heard Tamar Friedman. Please FedEx over your snow. Yeah? Now do it immediately, before the winter comes. Unprompted, Michael chimed in. My message is, keep listening to Israel Story. Oh, that's nice. But, but please, please, please listen to Israel Story. As I was leaving the Friedman's house, I told them who I was going to interview next. Our oldest listener. You want to know something crazy? She was alive when Balfour gave his declaration. Awesome! Cool. She wasn't that far from Tamal's age. What? I was six and my mom was seven, but she was four. So you think that that, that's like a big difference, right? No. Nope, not so much. With that, I got into my car and drove two and a half neighborhoods over to Katamon to meet Ruth. Hi, my name is Ruth Richman. And Ruth, how old are you? I'm going to be 104 next month. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but you know, it's embarrassing because wherever I go, people say, you know how old she is. The rabbi does that. And I go to Shul and I get an aliyah, and he helps me up. It's hard from walking. And then he'll say to the congregation, do you know how old she is? <laughs> so Ruth, as far as I know, you are the oldest person who listens to our radio show. Probably. <laughs> And Ruth, would you uh, recommend to people to listen to our radio show? Oh, absolutely. I remember the ones specifically who adopted children who have Down syndrome. It's when things affect me personally. Ruth was referring to one of our episodes called Love Syndrome. If you haven't already heard it, you can check it out. And the reason it spoke to her, she told me, was that she has a grandson who has special needs. So it meant a great deal to me. Last night, we watched the last one. You listened last night to the Balfour episode, the one about Balfour? Balfour. That was a very interesting program. The only complaint I have is my hearing is bad. And uh, when they speak very fast, I don't understand. I've been to three doctors lately, and they tell me there's nothing they can do. It's my age. So should we speak slower? Bad, if you don't mind. Do you know anyone else who is 104? No. No. <laughs> no one in my synagogue is that old. Do you know anyone with 104? No. <laughs> so, Ruth, what is it like to be 104 years old? Terrible. <laughs> I didn't pick it. And people say to me, but it's sick. And I said, no, thank you. You don't realize that you lose your abilities. I, I, I have hearing is bad. My eyesight is bad. And it's, it's hard to not to be able to do the things you used to do. I used to love to dance. I can't dance anymore. <laughs> You're doing quite well for someone who's going to be 104 next month, Ruth. Well, the point is I have nothing to do with it. You know, people have, don't pick the days they die. And it has connotations that are difficult. I have no one that I can speak to about 
my early days, so that it's harder than people realize, and it gets to be very lonesome. My friends are all dead, so I can't get anyone to go to lectures with me. No. (laughs) Ruth and her husband Nathan made Aliyah in 1991. After 2,000 years of exile, she remembers, they wanted to be part of the Jewish rebirth. I figured if I live in Israel, I might as well live in Jerusalem. This is where I want to be. There's so much to do in Jerusalem. When you walk along the street and you see the walls and you think about the history that's here, it's absolutely wonderful being in Jerusalem particularly. Nathan died a few years after they arrived. But Ruth? She made new friends, bought season tickets for the symphony, and became a real Israeli in almost every way. Of course, I took an old pod for years and years and years. <laughs> I gave up trying to speak Hebrew because I said I have enough trouble trying to remember words in English. <laughs> so well, most of the taxi drivers will say to me, how long have you been in Israel? When I tell them, what's the matter, you don't speak Hebrew? <laughs> Ruth also joined a conservative synagogue, which is a big part of her life here. I like going to shul and knowing that all over the world, Jews are davening that day. And Ruth, tell me about your bat mitzvah. You had a bat mitzvah a little bit later in life, didn't you? Let's see. I must have been, I think, 85. I tell you, I taught religious school for 20 years, and I figured if the boy of 13 can do it, I certainly can do it. So I studied, and uh, I had a very nice bat mitzvah. The rabbi was so nice when I got through with my reading. He started da- dancing around the whole synagogue. Everybody followed him. It was such an unusual occasion. But I still get Ali out. In the years since her bat mitzvah, Ruth has been busy volunteering. On the board of the shul, at Hadassah, and with an organization that helps people with Alzheimer's. She even does private yoga lessons twice a week. Yes, She's coming tomorrow. I'm pretty good. She said nobody she has is as good as I am. <laughs> and I'm so glad because I feel my body's always rejuvenated. When she turned 100, several local newspapers sent reporters to interview her. What happens when you turn 100 in Israel? Do you get like a letter from the president or something? <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, I have it down there wishing me a happy birthday. <laughs> My mother, when she turned 100, got a letter from the President of the United States. Oh, wait, how old was your mom when she died? 101. My grandmother and grandfather were in their 90s. My grandfather was 95, only because he got hit by a car. (laughs) All my cousins were in their 90s. I have one cousin now just turned 100. So do people ask you a lot what your secret is? Yes. And what do you say? I don't have a secret. I don't think I did anything any different than anybody else. I don't mind dying. I don't mind. I was saying I hope I wake up dead someday. (laughs) Because uh, it's what happens when you get old. Your body goes. And it's, it's hard. I've got about eight different doctors. Everything is wrong with me. (laughs) And uh, I'm doing fine so far. You know, the last time I saw him, the doctor, I said, when do you want to see me again? He said, oh, in about a year. I said, you've got to be kidding. (laughs) So there you have it. 
our youngest and oldest fans. And in the 90-odd years between the Friedman kids and Ruth Richman, are hundreds of thousands of people all over the world who form the Israel Story family. They tune in because they want to hear real stories of a different Israel, a more complicated and nuanced one. Or in other words, stories of an Israel which isn't the one they see on the news or read about in the papers, but also isn't the one they hear about from advocacy groups and political lobbies. And that's good, because the Israel we try to explore is all about its people, about its diversity and complexity, a place that's simultaneously wondrous and messed up, that cracks you up one moment and brings you to tears the next, that's heartfelt and bizarre and interesting. So today we ask you to help us to continue doing what we do. In fact, we're asking you to help us do a better job at what we do. And we really can't do this without your support. You might think I'm exaggerating, but believe me, and I say this after literally countless budget meetings, listener support is what makes this program possible. So if you enjoy the show and feel that it adds something to your life, please consider going to our site, israelstory.org, that's israelstory.org, and clicking on the red Donate button. It's that easy, and all donations are tax-deductible. Now, as Roman Mars often says, it really doesn't matter how much you give. Because the mere act of donating is like making a statement. It's like saying, I think that this matters, that Israel's story is something that should exist in this world. So if that's what you think, stop whatever you're doing, go to our site, it's mobile-friendly, and donate. By becoming a supporter, and even more so a sustaining monthly supporter, you play a vital role in making Israel Story an ongoing reality. Our show is independent, so when you support Israel Story, you're supporting us, directly. People like you, who care about Israel and care about storytelling, are the reason that Israel Story exists. And we hope, with your help, to continue this magical storytelling journey of ours for many years to come. We'll be back in just a few weeks with the continuation of our regular season. So till then, toda raba, thank you very much, and yalla bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.